Welcome to the tw- Welcome to the 33rd episode of Sound the Foghorn. As always, I am your host, Mark DeLuke. Thank you for joining us on Fansite's official San Francisco Giants podcast. The San Francisco Giants are as hot as ever this season. It's still crazy to me to watch this team. They have just been so consistently good. I mean, this is a great team, the way they're playing. They became yesterday, after a walk-off win on a walk-off double by Kurt Casale that store- scored excuse me, Steven Duggar. In the bottom of the 10th inning, the Giants became the first team in baseball to 50 wins. They are 50-26 and 26 with the best winning percentage in baseball. This is no joke. I mean, again, I don't know how this happened. <laughs> I don't, frankly, know at all. But they're on pace to win 106, 107 games right in that ballpark. And again... The Giants probably aren't going to win 106 or 107 games. Although, again, I've been saying that all year, and I've been consistently proven wrong. But this is what's so important for them, so valuable at the start they've gotten off to. If they go 500 the rest of the way, alternate between wins and losses for their remaining 80-some-odd games, the Giants would finish with 93 wins. I'd be surprised if 93 wins wins them the division, but... It's hard to envision a scenario where 93 wins doesn't put them in the f- second, if not the first wild card spot. So they're in prime playoff position, really an incredible run for this Giants team. And that's why as we approach the calendar turning over, it's June 27th. July is going to be an exciting month for so many reasons. One, we have the draft now on July 11th. And you know me, I'm going to be all over that with the latest stuff on the prospects, how it impacts the current farm system. And then, of course, July 31st. The MLB trade deadline. And now, for the first time in Farhan Zaidi's tenure, it is unequivocally true. We know what the Giants are at this deadline. It's not a, are they buyers, are they sellers? They are firmly in the position of buyers. They have an improved farm system with improved depth. They are the best team in baseball, and they're in a heated division race with two of the other best teams in baseball in the Los Angeles Dodgers and San Diego Padres. It's about time, or it's at least... The Giants are not going to be selling. We know that. This is the first time with Zaini we've known that. Now, how aggressive will he get? We don't know. I mean, the Giants have proven they can handle dealing with injuries, right? They have this incredible depth. We see Brandon Belt go down this week. Lamont Wade comes up. What's he do yesterday? Hits three balls over 100 miles per hour, including a big two-run home run. So, you know, Zaini may say, you know what? I want to let this team play out as is. But... In the spirit of the trade deadline, in the spirit of moving into July, I had a little mailbag I put out on Twitter calling for people to make their suggestions about what players would they like to hear about that they want the Giants to get. And I'll talk about, I think, the prospect packages and the feasibility. So we're just going to jump right into that here, starting with a tweet from at TonyTonyTony24. He asked, would Camilo Doval be sufficient for a veteran reliever, not necessarily a closer big name, but that also has a year or two of club control? The answer to this is yes, but I'm not sure if you want to make that trade. If you're sticking with a rental, you could definitely get someone like a Brad Hand. But when you get into a year or two of team control, it probably moves you towards Caleb Berger, Matt Whistler types. And... I think you have to ask yourself, the Giants bullpen's been relatively consistent, relatively effective recently. Obviously, it's had plenty of mishaps. But is adding, you know, again, I think that the bullpen's issue is a lack of elite arms. Now, I expect Zaidi to make some sort of fringe reliever moves. 
But that's where I've tended to disagree with him the most. I think he's done fantastic jobs of acquiring really good big league arms through minor league deals. That was my criticism of the Matt Whistler signing when they made it. It wasn't that, you know, I thought Whistler would be fine. And as much as Giants fans want to hate on Whistler, he's been great with the Tampa Bay Rays since they traded him to Tampa. But, you know, are you willing to give up that 40-man roster spot, that guarantee? In this case, are you willing to give up a good prospect for someone like that? I'm going to bring in a separate uh, question, though, that I think ties in at the J.D. branch. Um, he, you know, mentions Kendall Graveman, Taylor Rogers, and Amir Garrett. Graveman's a rental, so he sort of fits in that category, although I admit he's probably better than a Berger or a Whistler. But the other two have some team control left. Taylor Rogers, the twin brother of Tyler Rogers, of course, would be awesome just from a, uh, you know, storyline standpoint. He has one year of team control after this year, and Amir Garrett has two years of team control left after this year. And Garrett has played a smaller, I wouldn't call it role, but, you know, the Reds' bullpen has been their strength for some time, and Garrett has not been good. I mean, his ERA this year is 7.71. His FIP is 6.92. Now, that's not the big-time acquisition you're thinking of in the bullpen, but Garrett, not too long ago, was one of the best left-handed relievers in, in, in the majors. You could at least make that argument. He's still striking out 11 players per nine innings. His walks are a bit higher than you want them at 5.4 per nine. So, you know... I, I find it hard to believe you couldn't get someone like Amir Garrett right now for Camilo Doval in the throw-in, and he's got two years of team control. But that's a mid-season reclamation project. Are you going to bet you can do it? I, I don't think it'd be necessarily the worst bet to make. But remember, Doval has the upside. I mean, you could be thinking, who could we trade Doval for that could be the closer, when the reality is... Doval might be the guy who in the second half of the season, he makes an adjustment at AAA and he is that guy. Now, again, the odds may not be super high of that, right? You have him like him, Gregory Santos, Caravin Castro all fall in this category. You know, they could be one adjustment away. Now, I think for someone like Rogers, it would probably take more than Doval. Maybe like Doval, Franklin Labour, who's a strong power hitter at high A right now. And, you know, one of the lower level pitchers who's performing well, like a Ryan Murphy or Carson Ragsdale, I think that would be a pretty fair package that, that could get you Taylor Rogers if the Twins move in that direction. The Twins, of course, are really interesting because they have so many names that could, you know, hit the open market if they're willing to sell. Along that line, at jcoop16 asks, how about Richard Rodriguez from the Pirates? Now, I ranked him, if you saw my piece earlier, I think it was, yes, it was this month, on five, you know, kind of the big controllable names the Giants, I thought, could target. And Rodriguez was one of them. And I think if I'm looking to add to the bullpen, if I say I'm not satisfied, Richard Rodriguez is where I start. He's controllable. He'd be the best reliever on the roster. And, you know, he is a bit of a right-handed Jake McGee, a younger right-handed Jake McGee. He's very fastball-reliant, but he has a strong track record of success, great track record of success. He'd be someone where it probably would take a top-10 prospect and someone like Doval and another lower-level piece. You know, it, it, this comes down to, you know, Patrick Bailey has not done well at high A. Are the Giants willing to sell low on someone like Bailey or a Luis Toribio? Um and would someone like that intrigue the Pirates? Or do they think Bailey's not, was he not worth a first-round pick last year? You know, if they still believe in someone like Bailey, I could see a package of Bailey, Doval, and, you know, someone like San Sandro Fabian at AA who's performing well. 
If not, and then part of the reason I say this is that Pittsburgh is pretty thin at catcher throughout the organization. I'm at the point where I prefer Ricardo Henneves to Bailey. Henneves just got called up to high A from low A. He's performed well. I've always been higher on Henneves um, than I think most other people. Just I always thought he had everyday potential and he's hitting like it this season. So if I'm Pittsburgh, I would actually want something like Henneves, Doval, and, and Fabian. And that may be a bit too low on the top end piece. It may need to be a Will Wilson, a Doval, and Sandro Fabian, someone with a bit more pedigree. Um, but, you know, I think that's a deal you can get done. I think that's a deal that doesn't hurt the Giants too much in any direction in terms of depth. It gives the Pirates a piece in Doval who can presumably contribute soon, a piece in Fabian who's performing well at double A. I mean, you could replace Fabian with someone like Bryce Johnson at triple A, maybe even Jalen Davis if the Giants want to unload their, you know, try to deal with some 40-man roster crunch issues. You know, someone who the Pirates could say, look, these are two players who are really close to contributing, and we get someone like Henneves who looks like he could be at least a long-term backup, but has the potential to really be a really good everyday catcher. Um, you know, I, I've seen some other questions, and this is how it goes with the trade market, but I'll sort of lump them together. Um, at Bye Bye Baby 22 says, how about going to get Freddie Freeman? Um, I just, there's just no way Atlanta puts him on the market. I don't, you know, Freeman is the, the closest thing the Braves have to Buster Posey. I don't see how they let him walk if they have any say about it. Um, and I the NL East is too close. I mean, you know, the, the NL West is kind of deceiving when you look at divisions. In the NL East, the Braves are four games under 500 and just six games out of first place. I mean, I, I don't, I think there's going to be kind of a lot of these teams in this limbo where are you going to trade the face of your franchise? Potentially one of your biggest draws. I just don't see it. Um, And, and along those same lines, I'm, I'm going to bring in my main man friend of the podcast, Roger Munter at Rod61, says Robbie Ray. What about Robbie Ray? I think the Blue Jays, though, have been tentative sellers the past few years. They are three games over 500. I think they ride this out with Ray. I think Ray is kind of like their Kevin Gaussman. I think they're going to put a really high price on him and essentially price him as if he has team control because they're planning to offer him a qualifying offer and make a heavy pursuit to re-sign him. This is a guy that fell apart in Arizona after being really good early in his career. He's gone to Toronto, been really good last year. They re-signed him to a one-year deal, really good, even better this year. So, you know, I think if he hits the market, if he does get moved, he's probably the best starter to get traded. But as a rental, what's a player with his sort of Really good, but also somewhat recent erratic track record. Yet, I don't know. You know, you have the U Darvish model, right? Which suggests one top 100 prospect, like a Matos, a Ramos, a Kyle Harrison. Of that trio, the Giants are probably most inclined to move Matos, you know, and some lower level, lower uh, prospect pieces. But I feel like Will Wilson, Esmerlin, Vinicio, and one of the Giants' upper minors outfielders, uh, whether it's, you know, Austin Slater, Jalen Day, or, you know, I guess even on the big league roster, an Austin Slater, a Jalen Davis, a Bryce Johnson, a Fabian, as I mentioned earlier. I think them tied with Will Wilson and, and Vinicio might be able to get it done. But I just don't see the Blue Jays moving in this direction. And I don't necessarily blame them. I mean, again, I think if I were the Blue Jays, I'd be trying to negotiate an extension with Ray right now. I think, you know, again, he is a, a kind of difference maker that could really carry 
um, the Giants a long way. And I understand exactly why you want him. I mean, that's a one-two punch with him and Gaussman. A lot of strikeouts. It's hard to hit. And then you put Alex Wood in essentially the three spot or DeSclafani in the four spot. I mean, it just the trickle-down effect for this rotation is huge. And you get to the point when Logan Webb comes back off injury, he could be a long relief or, or mop-up type. Or, you know, there's just so many um, options you get. If you're able to make that move and actually, you know, if you move Robbie Ray, you know, something I had mentioned, maybe Logan Webb is in that deal. Although Ray doesn't have control, you're probably tentative to do that. But maybe there's a controllable starter out there. I, in hindsight, I mentioned Luis Castillo from the Reds and John Means from the Orioles as two players I mentioned in my five controllable pieces to target. I did not mention Logan Webb, but now that I think about it, you know, that could be someone who is intriguing to a team like a Baltimore, like a Cincinnati. Again, it'll take a top prospect too, right? It would probably take a Matos or a Wilson or something to that effect, or a Ramos alongside a Logan Webb. But that's the price you pay. It's the premium you will always pay for starting pitching, especially with controllable years. And with that in mind, the last um, one I think I'm going to get into today, we're going to make this a quick, just a quick 15-minute kind of trade deadline uh, look ahead, is Jose Barrios. It was a one-word uh, or two-word uh, statement from at 23J Perez. And, you know, this would be my dream, right? He's just such a consistently good starter. I still think, and this is my prospect hand, I remember, I think there might even be more to unlock here, but even if there isn't, really good starter. One-year team control left is only 27, so you could presumably look at him as a long-term piece that you're going to extend. And, you know, again, I think the Giants might be able to get a little more out of him. But this is going to take, you know, a lot. You know, again, the Twins are that team. You can mention Byron Buxton in the same conversation as Barrios. If they sell and are willing to put everything on the market, they can put a lot of the best pieces on the market. I just don't necessarily um, think that's the direction they're going to go. And But if they do, I think it takes a Joey Bart, you know, alongside a Seth Corey and a lower-tier prospect. I think if the Giants aren't willing to part with Bart in this deal, then it comes to a place where you're going to have to give up Ramos or Matos, and you're going to get, have to give up a Kyle Harrison or a you know or you know Ramos and Matos in, instead of Ramos and Harrison or Matos and Harrison and a lower T prospect. I just don't know. You know, I love Barrys, but I don't know if I pull the trigger on a deal like that. You know, I'm starting to flip a bit on Joey Bart, not in that. Again, I thought from the beginning, I thought the Giants drafted him higher than I would. I thought, I still think Bart is not going to be, you know, close. I don't think he's going to be one of the three, four, or five best catchers in baseball. I think he's going to be a consistently, you know, somewhere from the 8th to 15th best catcher in baseball. But now that Buster Posey is on this team next year, in my opinion, the Giants, you should absolutely accept his team option. Now that Buster Posey is on this team next year, you presumably want to extend him, maybe. The designated hitter is almost certainly coming to the National League. I just think it's a lot harder to trade Bart, especially as poorly as Bailey is performing at high A. Now, granted, I love Henneves. You could talk to me into Henneves being the guy in two seasons, and that's maybe true. But I just think, 
you go into next season with Joey Bart and Buster Posey, that's kind of a really good combination to have, a really good opportunity for both guys because you have the opportunity to give Posey rest, you have the opportunity for Bart to learn from Posey, and it just it makes sense for so many reasons. And again, you can kind of phase Bart into being an everyday guy, or maybe you never have to because maybe you sign Posey to a two-year extension, right? Both Posey and Bart play in 120 games a year, splitting time between DH, first base, and catcher, although the Giants have been tentative to play Posey at first base this year, but maybe Bart you know, gets some time at first. And, and I, again, I, I've said this pretty consistently this season, so if you're not a new listener, you, you know how I stand on that. But you know, it, it's getting harder for me to move Bart, especially because it looks like the Giants' evaluation of Bailey might have been wrong. You know, Bailey was kind of talked about as this quick-moving defense-first catcher. He's not hitting at high A, and he might even, you know, Henneve's got called up to high A. We'll see how they handle it. You know, Bailey could be someone who ends up heading to the Arizona Rookie League where the Giants try to work on his swing. He's already 22, and he's hitting 185 with a 290 on base and a 296 slugging at high A at 22 years old. I mean, that's not good, you know? And that doesn't mean he can't recover. That doesn't mean he can't still be a good player. But it's hard for me to say, you know, he's even a top 15 prospect in the system right now. Top 20 maybe is even hard. And that's why I say if you... If I'm the Giants, I'm shopping him like crazy. I just don't think there's going to be a buyer out there. And that's why I say with Pittsburgh, you know, I think they're going to want a Henneves, Doval, and a Fabian. And maybe even someone better than Fabian. Maybe it is Jalen Davis, um, or or maybe it's a Jairo Pomares or an Armani Smith, who I think is playing his way into that top 20, top 15 conversation as well. But um, that's it for uh, the trade deadline front. Again, um, the Giants are 15-26, first place in the National League West, first place in Major League Baseball. They face off against the A's today and then travel down to L.A. for a two-game series against the Dodgers. That's pretty huge. Again, the Giants, you know, if they can keep up this streak, right, they have two games against the Dodgers, a day off, then they go to Arizona for a four-game set against the incredibly struggling Diamondbacks. Now, I still think the Diamondbacks are a better team than their record. I don't think that's, you know, uh, a rollover kind of sequence. But right, if the Giants can go into L.A., at least split, but if they could sweep L.A. down there, take three out of four from Arizona, I mean, they might be able to build themselves a five, six, seven game lead in the division heading into early July. Obviously, divisions aren't won in the first half of the season, but it's just the wiggle room you want if you're the Giants and you're trying to look, you know, at how can they keep the Dodgers and Padres off them? How are they going to win that division? It's going to be being as hot as they can for as long as they can, and I think probably sputtering a bit down the stretch, maybe not terribly, just relative to the crazy good stretch of play they're having now. I mean, again, this isn't... I'm not saying this in terms of like, oh, the Giants, I don't believe in them anymore. It's they're not in one of their last 10 games. I think over the last 20 games, they've lost like four or five games. I mean, it's just in, you know, if they keep this... If they keep this pace up, they will not lose the division, right? They, they, they might set some records. I don't think this is a record-setting team. I think this is a really good team, though. Um, and I'm excited to see how they write it out this next week, though. Again, another really kind of, you know, low-key pivotal. You know, when, when you're a contender, right, every week becomes the most important week because you're closer to the end of the season and having two games against the Dodgers and four games against the Diamondbacks, six games in the division, 
one against one of your close, your biggest rival, one of the teams closest to you in the standings, and the other against a bottom feeder. It's a real opportunity to keep grow, keep growing your lead. Give yourself some breathing room. So this has been the 33rd, I believe, episode of Sound the Foghorn. You can follow all the latest Giants news and rumors over at AroundTheFoghorn.com. You can also follow me, Mark DeLuke, on Twitter at MadDeLuke. That is M-A-D-D-E-L-U-C-C-H-I. As always, until next time, stay safe and have a wonderful week.